From CNG Communications and FS Studios, this is Next Door with NDK, an in-depth exclusive where guests get a little more personal with your favorite neighbors. I'm Brian. And I'm Philip Goffrey. On this episode, we dive into the emotions and aspirations of singer-songwriter and designer Christina Wells. Christina, I could not be more excited to have you back in the studio. Welcome. We are here to talk about something very special today. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about your new original single, Somebody. Yes, yes. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. Yes, I'm so happy. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about the song. I can't wait to just hang out with you guys. I love it. Well, that's the best part of coming over. <laughs> you don't even knock. You didn't even knock. It I did great. it. You I just did walked it. straight in. We love that. We, what, we love that. That's what's supposed to happen. Just walked in. I'm like, here I am. And you're looking beautiful as Aww, always. Thank Stylish you. as ever. Oh. I, yeah. oh, tell me again. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like I have to up my style game when Christina's here. You know, it's like I, I went take a classic look black today. I went with some nice slacks and some classic black. I wanted to look a little slimming. You did. Mm-hmm. You have that. You have that Steve Jobs kind of look. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I'll just pose. Just with my pose and think right about there. it. Yeah, yeah we I'll have an app for that. <laughs> we do have an app for that. But let's let's get to Christina here because you have an original single mm. that is out called Somebody. Yes, Somebody. I want to know more about this. Let's let's get into this song. Tell us first. Let's start with the timeline. When did this song come about and why? Okay, so actually, that's a great question. So. Back in 2017, I this was before I was on America's Got Talent. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was a semifinalist on America's Got Talent in season 13. And so this was before I was on TV, I went through a pretty serious divorce, breakup, you know, end of a major relationship. And, you know, I think we've all been there. We have that big breakup and we're at home. And at first you're like, yeah, that's right. And I don't I don't like this and I'm not going to wear this anymore. And I'm going to cut my hair. And you know what? I'm going to wear tight jeans the next time I go out. And then reality starts to sit in and we feel a little lonely. And then we start to realize and think about everything that happened. And you sort through what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And I really started struggling with being alone. And I didn't think that was a problem for me. I thought that I was fine, like hanging out by myself and I started to realize that I wasn't. And at night, when I would go to bed, I would get really lonely. And not like I need someone there, but like I started to feel like I didn't have as much value as a person because someone wasn't in love with me, which is sad. Like it made me feel really sad. And I got really upset with myself. And I'm like, wait a second. Hold up. Wait a second. What is this? Where's this coming from? Like, why do you feel this way? Why do you think in order to have value as a person, You need to have someone look at you each day and say, I love you because you just went through this major breakup and maybe those words aren't always true. Well, let me ask you this, and and I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no. But I want to know, and a lot of listeners want to know because they don't really understand that's that happened to you in your life. Mm -hmm. Again, when you see success from a person, you tend to look at the the major points and, oh, you're doing this well, and we don't always see the journey right and i love hearing this but i have to ask how long were you married i was married for let's see oh so i was in the relationship for seven years but we were married for like two and a half and it was something that was tumultuous it had a lot of ups and downs it was a very passionate roller coaster type relationship and 
It's something that I rarely talk about. I think not because I don't want to talk about it, but because it was painful. And it wasn't until 2018 that I started to tell myself, you know what? Just because I don't have somebody to love me doesn't mean that nobody does. Like, just because I don't have a, a, a significant other doesn't mean I don't have people who love and care about me. And so literally laying in bed one night, I was looking at my phone and I started giving this thought in my head that would come in like, you're going to die alone. You know, you're going to have a bunch of cats and live at the end of the street. <laughs> and you're going to be in this situation where you're going to feel like, you know, this old woman and no one's going to, you're not going to have love, like that true love feeling. And I would say, just because I don't have somebody doesn't mean I don't have anybody. Just because I don't have somebody doesn't mean I don't have anybody. And when I said it out loud, I was like, you know what? That could be in a song. Like, I was thinking it would be like a sad, like, you know what I mean? Because that's my feelings at the time. Okay, you say that as a song lyric, but did you have a book or something that you wrote my down? In my phone, things? I have a note. You know, in the iPhones, you have the little notes. Mm -hmm. I have a song, like I, I probably right now have 26 songs in there that I've written some part of, some piece of, a title, something that I heard. And then you could put voice notes in there. So I write down whatever it is that's in my head, and then I record it. And I sing into my phone and I save it there. So hang on. So back up on the timeline a little bit, if you don't mind. Mm -mm. So the divorce is happening. Yes. You are already a recording artist at this point? No, I had written one song. So I guess yes, but I had written one original song and I had formed my band, but I hadn't really gotten out there in a big way. I hadn't been on Amer on TV yet and I hadn't really put myself out there. I had just done a few things. We played at Fitzgerald, you know, like local Houston stuff, but I hadn't really had a chance to really develop it yet. And so that's why I think it's taken me so long to start releasing some of these songs because there's a lot of vulnerability and insecurity that can come with songwriting. Yeah, indeed. I mean, this is huge. We're talking about four years have gone by now. <coughs> so so you, ha you hadn't actually um, really laid down a full album. You hadn't mm -mm. Uh, really exposed yourself yet to no. the public eye, anything mm -mm. like that. So you're jotting down these notes yeah. in, your, in your note file. Yeah. Did you know when you were putting them down that this is going to be a song for sure? Or was it more like, oh, there's a couple things in here I think could kind of make it was it therapy, more or is it, yeah, more yeah, therapy it, or well, something like that? I think it's 50-50 because I had written a song called Come Hell or High Water, and I wrote that in 2017 for Harvey. And the song, that song came to me in the shower. I had never had this happen before. I was in the shower. I was. It was literally Labor Day weekend after Hurricane Harvey had happened. I had worked seven days straight. I lived at the hospital literally and worked like 20-hour shifts working at the hospital in this transfer center, moving patients to, and to safe areas and out of the Houston area up into San Antonio and stuff, babies and moms who had just given birth. And so I watched this whole thing happen in front of me. Get home finally, and I'm packing up because it was my son had a football game. Like, he was in college. Like, I remember this so vividly. And I get in the shower, and I'm getting showered, and I'm like, you know what? Come hell or high water. Houston's going to stay strong. I'm saying this to myself in the shower. And I'm like, man. That's, that's kind of a great line. Hey, ooh, that's good. That's kind of good. And so I literally got out of the shower, got my phone, and I'm like, come hell or high water, Houston's going to stay strong. And then two days later, I don't tell anyone, two days later I'm at my son's game. Game is done. Everyone's in the hotel room. They're passed out of sleep. They're so happy we're together. And I got up and I got a piece of paper and I wrote the entire song, verse, lyrics, everything in 10 minutes. The whole thing. 
That's a, this is like a rock and roll hall of fame type of story, right? You you like you hear those artists that you're like the, the one of the greatest songs ever written, and they're like it must have taken you forever to come up. They're like five minutes. Well, it was weird because they some I read somewhere once that music is all around us. And if we're quiet enough and if we listen hard enough, like we can pick up some of the pieces. And that's how I felt like it was it, I could hear it in my ear. And so I went into the hall because my whole family was sleeping and I recorded Come Hell or High Water into my phone. And if I play you that voice note, it is one word different, no notes different than the uh, fully recorded song. And that had all just happened in the fall of 2017. See what I'm saying? And so whenever I'm laying in bed now, it's months later, but that's still in my head. You did write a song, Christina. You know, you do have that ability. I had played that song with the best band I had made, and people really liked it. But it was very Houston. You know, it's about Houston's journey. It was about the lines like H-E-B's mentioned in it. Like, it's a very Houston song. I actually have a confession. I have um, on my own phone a personal recording of a backstage rehearsal of that song <laughs> before a performance. <laughs> it was it was a benefit concert. Yeah, it at was at the Queensberry. At Queensberry yes. Theater, yeah. And it was, a, it was a benefit concert. And you and your band were, were doing it. And so I just clicked on my phone and just, boop, just started and recording. And you have that? I still have it. Yeah, I yeah. love I, it. Well, because I didn't know if I was going to get a chance to hear it on stage. And it was so good, and it was catchy, out, and, and I loved everyone that was part of your band and your group. And you were just, you can see it that you're loving it and you feel it. It's it just, it's there. It was, so, that was so organic too, because I wrote that song out of the shower. I then started emailing my friends and I'm like, I think we need to do this, but I don't know for what. Literally two days later, the Queensberry posted, we want to have a benefit. Anyone who wants to come and share music to help artists who were affected by Hurricane Harvey, let's go. And I wrote an email immediately. I was like, I've written a song. Here are the lyrics. I want to come perform it. Here are my friends. And then they said yes. And then me and my friends, we rehearsed. We rehearsed one time. <laughs> I, I, I have that. I have that footage. <laughs> Maybe in an exclu another exclusive, Look, we'll, we'll release but that. But you know what? No, this is perfect because Come Hell or High Water is like, where I finally got the courage to say that I could write a song, you know? And in that moment, it felt so, like, it felt altruistic because I wanted the, the song, not because I wanted to be famous or I wanted everyone to know who I was. I wanted to write that song because I wanted to help people feel better. And so at that moment, now, fast forward, I'm laying in bed. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling like I'm, no one loves me. I'm alone. And what do I do? I hear words again. I, I start to hear the music again. And so I recorded it into my phone because that that went well last time. <laughs> Let's do it again. You know what I mean? So so I do have a question about that. I think we know each other well enough now to know that glance of like, I'm oh, she's a regular. I'm about to dig. <laughs> right? She's now a regular. She doesn't knock like I do. She's Look. now officially a regular. I know. Here. She walked right in. I knew her neighbor is. <laughs> <laughs> I have to dig a little bit because I'm curious about why it took frankly why it took this long for this song to to be released to the world so so w when you're laying there and you're and you're feeling sad and and alone and mm -hmm. you're coming up with the lyrics and, and they're kind of flowing through you and you're recording into your phone what what made you pocket it for so long well at first i didn't so I, I recorded the like i said my first version which was just because i don't have somebody doesn't mean I don't have anybody. 
But then the n- and a few days later, a friend of mine, his name's Austin Bailey. He's a fantastic singer-songwriter here in Houston. He was like, oh, I really want to get with you. Maybe we could do some brainstorming. I'd love to write with you. And I had opened myself up to, stri- to start trying to write with people. And he came over, and he brought a keyboard, and we were going to play in my living room. And my son happened to be home, and he was making some lunch. And but we're talking like a straight-up jam session. Yeah, like we're just, just going to hang, hang out. out He's going to play a little. I usually I have an iPad. I set it up, and I just hit record. And then I'll go back and listen. Kind of like Paula Abdul. You all know her story? All her choreography. She'd wake up every morning, get ready, go into her studio, turn on the camera, dance for an hour. Go back and look at it. Cut, cut, cut. There's her choreography. Whatever she did raw, now it's her choreography. I did not know that. Yes. That's how Janet Jackson's concert gets choreographed. That's how the Lakers, the girls get, I mean, like major stuff. And that's how she did it from her own raw thoughts. So I get inspired by these things, but then I have this little saboteur inside. <laughs> so Austin and I are hanging out and my son, Ty, he's my youngest son and he's still living, he's still living at home at the time. Austin ends up getting a call and he has to leave. He has a situation. He's like, keep the keyboard, honey. Uh, you know, love you. I have to go. I was like, okay. And my son is like, hey, I, I heard that song you were playing for him, the recording from the bedroom. He goes, uh, let, let me hear that. That sounds like good stuff, mom. And I was like, I don't know. It's really young. Like, it sounds young to me. It sounds real poppy. And I don't know if this is something for me. And so he's like, well, let me see. So I started to show him and he's like, well, what if we changed the words a little bit? He's like, what if instead of if you don't have somebody, you say if you don't got somebody, because that sounds a little more modern. And I'm like, okay, all right, I like that. And he's like, and what if, I know you're a grammar Nazi mom, but what if you say, you know, if I don't got somebody... I know I don't, you know, I'm not alone, right? He's, he's telling me this, and we're going through the words. And I had written at this point a first verse and just the chorus. And um, in the, in the, the words I literally wrote were exactly what was happening. Up in my room, looking around with nothing to do. Scrolling doesn't help. I done read all the books on my shelf. I literally had six bookshelves in my bedroom that were filled with books. I had read them all. Uh, you're in the past. I thought our love would last. I don't need you. I'd rather be alone than be a fool. And so this was all I had. And he's like, Mom, this is good. And so we're working on it. And he's like, yeah, and put this. And I'm like, okay. Well, that day ended. And, and I put that book and all my songwriting stuff. Like, I don't know. I just put it up. And then 20 th- 2018 kind of takes off. And then I'm on America's Got Talent. And right. And now um, ending after I've been on the show so many times, people are like, oh, you got to record. You got to record. You got to record. Well, oh, let me pull out this original raw emotions. I don't think so. Why don't I do some covers that everybody loves and likes already? So you, you felt that that was the more comfortable way for you to I don't even think take, it's a choice. take a large large platform? Like I don't even think it's a choice. No? I think the truth is, is if, if I was like, hey, wear a bikini or wear this nice dress, I'm going to be like, I like this dress. <laughs> Well, you're also making marketing That's how decisions. I would feel. Yeah. I would wear the dress over the bikini, too. <laughs> Even I'm, though I'm, I'm a bikini I'm, man myself. I'm oddly <laughs> proud of my butt. But, you know, I could rock I could rock a really nice thong. I'm, I'm just... Uh, Brian, <laughs> He's not kidding. you being He's oddly proud of your butt shocks no one in this room. No, none of us are shocked. Not <laughs> at all. no one listening I, I'm to I'm sure this everyone debut. would have a lot more to say about it. And we're like, really? Really? <laughs> 
No, but, but I get that because you you you're you're suddenly thrust into marketing mode, uh-huh. right? You're thinking yes. about, oh my gosh, this is real. Yeah. You're on TV now yes. at this point in your story, and wow, mind yeah. blown. Okay, back to that all too briefly uh, ended jam session. Yeah, your son's helping you out with the lyrics. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about how he was doing with the divorce? I mean, was he sharing some of well, these? Well, my relationship was not something that everybody was really, it was one of those relationships where not everybody was a big fan of it in my life. And so whenever I got out of that relationship, it was like, good, good job. Okay, so a bit of relief happening from, yeah. from people that love you and care about you yeah. and, and that you love. Okay, but well but bef- hold on, before we get to that, because uh, like, you mentioned how your, your son gave you inspiration or, or mm-hmm. talked to you and kind of helped you through that. What was it like with them early on, leading up to this? You know, because you said you had things that you had written down and lyrics and, and kind of your own notebook of songs. Did you share things with them at that oh point, no. or was this purely just for you? Yeah, just for me. I'm a. I don't want to say I'm a journaler, but I definitely write things down. I'm a recorder. I'll record things. Like I'll record thoughts I have. Sometimes I'll say stuff, and I'll be like, that. That's going to help me later. Like, I think about future Christina a lot. Like, how can I help future Christina? Future Christina needs to, like, be a little more mature than this Christina. This might help her remember to be more mature. Like, I know that sounds weird, but it's something that my son and I say to each other. Like, if I go to the fridge and I want to get the last, you know, Jello cup, he'll be like, did you think about future Christina? She might want that, Mom. Like, you already had two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. or, or that just leave it long enough for him to <laughs> <laughs> Because um, that, that's what future Brian would be saying. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, Christina, yes. future Philip's going to be a little hungover. <laughs> if, we, if we could only know ahead of time. I'm just throwing that out there right now. Well, I don't think you're taking care of future Brian and future Philip. No, that means future Brian's taking care of future <laughs> Philip. <laughs> now there's that, the truth. That's, there's that's the what truth. that means. <laughs> future Elena's mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I'm glad that your your children were able to at least at least be there with you and and share some kind of part of this. When did you know that that they were supportive of you? And and not that they weren't like ever with, but more involved with music and stuff. Yes. Oh no, always. There was never a when did you know? Like I can tell you a story. This is a great story. So you know, recently I sang for the Houston Astros, right? I sang the Star Spangled Banner. Back in like 2011-ish or so, I'm living in Las Vegas at the time and my boys are much smaller, I decided I'm going to sing the national anthem at sporting events. Like I just decided one day. I have decided to sing the national anthem at sporting events. Now I shall Google and find sporting events in my area and I will send videos to them of me singing the song until someone lets me do it. Literally, this is what I did. <laughs> so at the time, I'm living in Las Vegas. I was going to UNLV, uh, getting prereqs out of the way because I was going to get my bachelor's degree. So let's start at the college I attend. And so I emailed and the baseball team replied back and said I could sing the national anthem. Okay, now I've done it. Now I have to get the national anthem like screwdriver tight, right? Like ee, ee, ee. So I'm li- singing in my living room, and I'm like, oh, say, can you see? And I'm, of course, embellishing, and I'm giving myself all the things. And my son, my oldest son, Ethan, walks in. He's like, Mom, no, absolutely not. Start over. Don't do this. Don't do that note. 
don't go here there. It's not about you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. Because there's uh-huh. there's a lot of vanity in singing. Like, let me show you what I can do. Oh yeah, we all we all remember Fergie's rendition. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, and it's funny you're telling the story because I I feel so bad for performers that do a terrible job with it. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. In big big events. Yes. And it's like. What were you thinking with that choice? You well, know, I so think that's what made me want to do it. Not that I think I'm like so great at it, but I was like, I want to do like a simple, clean, like here you go, big, strong national anthem. Because we went to a few things and I heard people sing it and it was, you know, soft or flat or just, you know, you just want the song to be bold. And I have this big old voice. I'm like, okay, let me do this. This is going to give me a place to sing. And so my oldest son, Ethan, is the first to be like, Mom, or mom, I heard you warming up. Or I heard you, pr- I heard you practicing in your room. What about? I was like, no, I wasn't. No, don't judge that take. <laughs> Let me do it again. And so we got it. We got it. We got it to where it was like, okay, this is pretty good. And I have photos of this where we're sitting, you know, waiting for the game. And I bought these cute white capris. My boys will want me to pick them out. <laughs> and this really cute butterfly top. And I was like, okay, this is like clean. This is nice. This is good. And I sing the national anthem. And I won't lie, all those baseball players literally turned. They were like what i'm like uh-huh how y'all doing damn <laughs> <laughs> and then i learned okay this is a thing like this is a thing so my boys have been they've been instrumental in my whole in my entire singing journey like when i think about when i was younger you know 18 19 trying to make a singing career and it didn't work out the reason it was because i was immature i was self-absorbed because i was 19 and they always are like it's just part of the process right and also, I had my children. My children raised me to be the woman I am today, without a doubt. And I'll tell you, the biggest compliment I've ever received from both my boys is whenever we, I was on America's Got Talent, they interviewed my boys and they asked them if they were surprised that I was on the show and how well I was doing. And both of my children, without hesitation, said no, not at all. We're surprised it's taken this long for everyone to see what she has. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, man, you're making me tear up. I know. Pass the tissues, please. It was wow. just that moment, you know, like they, they see you. They see you. And they know. Then Good, bad, ugly. You know, like my children, they don't know. They don't soft shoe it. They're like, no, girl, that don't look good. You need to go change. Like they're, they're honest with me but because they love me. They love me unconditionally. And they love my desire to sing. Like my son came over the other day and he's like, I see you. I see this song, you know, somebody, the new song. And he's like, I see you still working for your singing dream. I thought COVID was going to put it out because I know you're quick to say never mind to it. I'll work on other stuff. He's like, but I see you still working and I'm proud of you. And when your 23 year old son looks and tells you that you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Well, you did. You did right by him. I mean, for someone to, to walk up, I don't care who you are, whether you're saying it to your mother or a friend, but to say, I see you. That's a big thing. It is. That that's a really powerful statement to say to somebody, and that can really motivate someone to do anything mm-hmm. just by saying, "I see you." Okay, so let's rewind time back four mm-hmm. years ago now. Mm-hmm. So this is the same son who's walking you through the lyrics. No, this is my older son. Your so older Ethan son. is away at college at that time four years ago. He's just went away. It's his freshman year. Okay. He's in school. He's playing football. And my youngest son and I are trying to cope because we've been the three of us, you know. And now it's just the two of us. Okay. And you are working out the lyrics yeah. for somebody yeah. with him. It's hard, yeah. How did this become a full song? Well... 
honestly, I put it away, and I told Ty if I ever did anything with it, we were going to go 50-50, songwriters. We're songwriting partners. We just wells and wells it, all right? So you fast forward, and last year, 2020, difficult year for everybody, got towards the end of the year, and a friend of ours was having a birthday party for their son, and they asked my girlfriend, you know, Chef Tay, Natasha Barber, to come over and cook, and I help her when she has events. So we go over there, we're hanging out, well... Her boyfriend, uh, Rod Bass Heavy Tillman, is just putting a fresh studio into his house. I want a nickname like that. Right? Bass Heavy. <laughs> that doesn't and sound he, so cool. He tells me, he's like, I got a brand new microphone. You should come upstairs and bless it. Oh. He's like, I've been having some pretty major players come and bless it. You should come and bless it. And I'm like, instantly now I'm insecure. Instantly. No. Really? On, really? Oh, no, yes. Really? Let's, if we're going to be honest, let's be honest. Okay. Right now. Okay. Because, number one, people think that the things I do are all improv. I don't know why. I don't think I'm putting it out that way. But people think anytime I sing that I'm just off the cuff, that I, it just naturally comes to me. And I will tell you something that I tell my children, and I believe this myself. Hard work beats talent every day because sometimes talent forgets to do the hard work. And so I'm glad I have a voice. It's a gift I've been given. But it is a lot of work if I want to maintain it, if I want to show off what I can do, right? You have to practice. Like, gifts have to be developed. And so oftentimes people will be like, just riff, girl. Just just, just sing. Just, just, just come on. Give me some. And I'm like, give you some what? <laughs> well, this isn't the movies. No. no. Yeah. And, and I love that you said that. And, and just to interject on that, I've seen you perform and I think the reason, in my opinion, that people say that is because they see the joy that when you sing that just comes out of you. And I think that's why it's really easy to be like, oh, just just do it. Just like yeah. she she loves it. She just she can do whatever she wants. Right. And I, I think that's great that we remind ourselves that the work still has to be there. Oh no, yeah. I mean, I mentally sing every single day. I don't physically sing every day because I used to do that, and I would sing my voice to nothing all the time, and then I would feel so frustrated that I didn't have a voice to have when it was time. And so I learned from a very smart vocal teacher to mentally sing. So I mentally sing. And what I've learned is my gift is that I'm a mimic. So if I can hear it in my head or if you do it, I can probably copy it, right? So if I'm mentally singing when it's time for my body to do it because I can hear it in my head, I'm able to make it happen. But if I don't have something prepared in my head, I don't know what to do. So I'm literally dragging my feet going up these stairs to the studio like, what am I going to sing? What am I going to sing? What are they... And, uh, and every time I sing covers, people are like, girl, I'm sick of you singing covers. Because now, you know, how many, this is what, 2020. So I've been singing covers for two years. I've released, you know, nine different singles. I got an EP of covers. Sing Christina available on all streaming platforms. No, but like, um, just kidding. <laughs> that is how you do it, folks, right there. That is how you do it. <laughs> Go out and buy those albums. <laughs> buy those albums. That was but, the best But, but make sure heard. you buy the original <laughs> single first. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so, yeah, I did a lot of covers, and people have been telling me a lot lately. They're like, you have a story to tell. We want to hear your story. We want to hear your music. And I released an, um, an original song in 2019 called Ready or Not, which I loved. I co-wrote it with Billy Dorsey, a Grammy, Stella Dove Award-winning musician. Love that song. But I hadn't done anything since then, and I just was walking up the stairs, and I don't know why, but the song, somebody, then my phone popped into my head. I'm like, I, I know the chorus to that. And then I'm like, no. 
And then I got up there and he was like, do you have anything like, come on, let's do something. And he gets out his keyboard. So he has this gorgeous studio. He pulls his keyboard out like it's like a underneath, you know, like a playing keyboard, not like a typing. And he slides out underneath his computer's desk and he starts, he's like, just sing it, sing the chorus. And so I literally am like, just because I don't got somebody don't mean I don't got anybody. And he just starts playing this rhythm. Don't need a one to hold tonight. Yeah, I got my girls, it'll be all right. He's like, sing it again. And he has me keep doing it and keep doing it. And then, boom, next he pulls out, picks up the guitar, plays it, picks up the bass, starts playing a riff, pulls out the drum. He starts putting all these beats. And now all of a sudden there's this song. And there's people there from the party and they're like, girl, come on. Yes, do it. And I'm like, oh, he's like, do you have any lyrics? I'm like, I have one lyric. And he's like, okay. And I'm singing the lyric up in my room and I'm just saying it. And he's like, okay, like this. I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, what else you got? I'm like, well, I think there should be a second lyric, but then I have this bridge. And so now that it's happening, you know, because now that I'm giving myself permission and these people are cheering me on and everybody's like, yes, you could do this. I'm starting to say yes to myself. And so I... I'm like, okay, the bridge, this is what happens in the bridge. I'm like, wrote a note, I was thinking fast, had to remember these feelings won't last, gotta know that I'm not alone. So I wrote this down on my phone because that's literally what I did. <laughs> so if you listen to this song, that's literally what I say. I love it. <laughs> Inspiration, add point. You know, the, it explains so much for me right now. <laughs> it, it fills in a I mean, I've been listening to the song a lot too, lyric, actually. Yeah. So that, that does explain a, a couple of things. But at the same time, that's how I picture most great songs that are written in that type of form. It's not that someone's sitting at a desk crumpling up paper and throwing away like that doesn't work. That it's I had a general idea and then all of a sudden there's some kind of catalyst that or people, wh whatever you want to call it. Yes. That just brings the rest of it out of you and it's born. I completely agree with you because the, when it came to the second verse, I was like, I don't know what to say. And that I kept thinking about that night because I'm like, okay, well, we're, if we're talking about that night, then let's talk about that night, right? So I'm laying in bed. Well, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I'm a little plus size. I don't know if y'all noticed. You might have to scroll in a little on my photo. She a little thick. I tell people I'm the whole woman. All the other women out there are just 50 You're and 60%. All the percent. Yeah. You're I'm, all the woman. I'm the whole entire. You're all the women. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> so I'm a big girl, and it's because I like to eat. That's it. That's the truth. And so. You love I, yourself. That's I all do it love is. myself. That's with all food. it is. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> so my biggest thing is that, you know, of course, late night snacking. And when you feel lonely or sad, a lot of us use food to kind of stuff into that black hole of emotion void that we struggle with. And so my second verse is um, had to remember like that I can choose myself and I need to learn to feed my soul, not my body. And so that's where those lyrics are coming from, because I literally had written down like don't eat feed your like stop feeding your emotions food like feed yourself emotionally and also a lot of times in relationships physical sex food those things that can be fun full of passion and energy they can make us um or they can help us to be distracted from the real parts of a relationship like communication and kindness and caring and being unselfish and compromising and all those things that really give longevity to a relationship. But if it's like rich food and, you know, you feel there's a ton of passion in the relationship, you know, so that's where the, that lyric comes from is literally me saying, don't go downstairs and feed yourself out of the refrigerator. You need to find a way to feed your soul, not your body. And 
that is how I wrote the song. Well, I, I just, not to dwell on any negative, because we are all about the positive here, but when writing a song, especially that requires or you pull so much emotion from, were there times that you didn't feel empowered to or or comfortable letting this out because of where you were pulling from some of these emotions? I mean, were there instances that, that you felt that people that you've used in your lyrics that you felt that people were negative or toxic for that song, but it, it empowered you. Well, I think the biggest thing is, and I like to talk about this because I think it's important to know, I went through a lot of therapy during like 2017 to 2019. I, I found a therapist and I was like, I'm realizing some things about myself. Was this, was this through the divorce? Yes. Or right. Okay, yeah. Right the after the breakup and then subsequently the divorce and, and just learning um, that you can be incredibly strong and have really weak moments at the same time and have weak periods of time. You can be emotionally incredibly strong and cry every day. Like those things can coexist. I can get up and I tell people I can run a small country with a computer and a cell phone, but let me stub my toe and I'm going to cry for 20 minutes. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Like we all have these idiosyncrasies and I had to realize that it's okay for me to have those things. It's okay for me to go through this and for me to cry and for me to be upset and for me to have my heart be broken. And I had to learn how to like being with myself, like being with my thoughts. And so I think what you're talking about is like that Pandora's box of emotions that happens when we revisit something. But I really opened all of this up during that time frame. And maybe that's the other reason why I hadn't released the song yet. Because, you know, when you touch it like a bruise and it still hurts, it still hurts, it still hurts. Oh, wait, now it doesn't hurt anymore. Okay, I can use this part of my hand again. Yeah, yeah, raw nerve. Raw nerve. So I think, you know, Kelly Clarkson talks about this a lot, where she says a lot of her music has been written in really hard times, you know, and she goes to sing it on stage, and then there's that time she goes to sing it, and she doesn't feel that. It doesn't hurt anymore. She's, like, somehow worked through it, and it's a song now. It's not this emotional thing that's, like, this aching thing that she's sharing, and I think that's what's happened, is I didn't come out of my breakup and I say, oh, now I found a new relationship. I came out of my breakup and the relationship I found was with myself. I finally figured out how to love Christina. And I don't love her every day the same way that I should, but I always love her. I love her at some level and I've learned to like her. I've learned to like the woman that I am. I've learned to like the body that I'm in. For so long, I told myself that this, this voice and all this Christina-ness was in the wrong body and needed to be in a skinny body and a more beautiful body and a woman that was prettier, a woman that was more marketable, a woman that could be put on, you know, cigarette ads and right when we were younger and they were all long-limbed. You know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? The Virginia Slim woman? Like, that's the stuff I have in my head. And so... It took a long time, but I finally, especially in that two-year period, you see yourself on television and you have a viral video on YouTube and a viral video on Facebook, and there are people in there saying you're a whale. Like, those are things that are hard. And if you're not all the way with who you are as a person, that'll break you in a hot minute. That'll break you in a hot minute. And so, like, literally people have written on posts before, like, someone reinforced the floor. She's going to bust it through. Like, you have to find a place to have real self-confidence. And these past few years, I've had to sit, dig in and say, okay, do I want to do this? Do I want to share my innermost thoughts, my innermost feelings? Do I want to share them as music? 
And I've had to find the answer, and the answer is yes, because I know without a shadow of a doubt that the reason I was put on this earth is to make people feel better. I do it as a mom. I do it as a sister. I do it as a nurse. I do it as a friend. I've done it as a wife, as a girlfriend. I've done it in every role of my life, and I know that I make people feel better. Maybe because I'm laughing. Maybe it's because, like you said, you can see the joy when I do things. Maybe it's because people can see my heart easily, <laughs> kind of like a child, but I'm okay with that. So if sometimes I need to open up what I I'm going through because it's going to help somebody else. I tell myself all the time, are you being the person that you once needed? Are you being that person to other people around you that you once needed that you called out for and you couldn't find? And that's the reason why I finally decided to write this song and share it. It's because I know there are going to be people listening to it and they're going to think about me and my confident, joyful self. And they're going to listen to this song and they're going to say, she's right. Just because I don't have somebody doesn't mean I don't have anybody. I don't need somebody to hold me at night. I got my people. I got my girls. I got my friendships. I'm going to be all right. And that's a message that we need to hear, especially after a year like 2020. Did the song come out the way you wanted it? Oh, yes. Did, did, did it feel no, it is, 100% yeah. exactly mm-hmm. how you wanted yes. it? Yes. Because I know sometimes when you get into the studio, things change and creative things will alter things. But it, it's exactly yeah, the way oh, you want Oh, it's more. It's more. It's more. I mean, Rod, he literally, hit to communicate with him, it's like breathing. And I've been in the studio, like you're saying, with a lot of different people, and I've created a lot of things I'm really proud of. But it's that afterwards when you go home and you listen, and you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, ooh, this isn't exactly how I envisioned this, or I really don't like how this got captured, or I like that song, I'm proud that I did it, but, you know, you add a but to it. Like Come Hell or High Water. I love Come Hell or High Water, but I sang Come Hell or High Water so many times that day that my final vocal take is a little rough and scratchy, and it doesn't really like show what I can do when I sing. And so every time I hear it, I'm like, mm, not the best recording. Mm, not the best recording. Every time I listen to somebody, I'm like, that's right, baby. Sing, girl. Girl, you better <laughs> sing for your life. Plus, I'm going to tell you something else that he did, which was so smart because I can get tight. I tighten up in the studio. I t- you can put me on stage. I can sing for 10,000 people or 10 million people. And I'm like, hey, singing. I mean, I'm nervous, but I'm having a good time. I get it comes the, off. It, you I seem just, very, very confident when you're I live. I love it. Oh, sure. I love it. I love to sing live. I love to sing live because I just, I don't know. It's like, it's like theater. It, once it happens, what you going to do? It's already happened. Keep going. Like, all those notes, what am I going to do about that note wasn't right? I'll keep on singing. Well, as a friend that came on this show that said, it, it's not that you don't you get it wrong. You just get to get it better. Yeah, you just it's forward, 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 That's forward, it. That's forward. It's always forward. You don't think backward. You yeah. think forward. The studio ain't like that, my friend. <laughs> 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 the studio is called Rewind. Let's listen to it in playback. I'm like, really? Okay, sure. As so. everyone's saying, thank you. Everyone at home's like, thank you. God, <laughs> <laughs> studio is rewind. It is so. It's it's a studio singing is a skill, and I that is not a natural skill for me. I have had to work very hard to get in the booth and to capture the same energy and the same ability that I'm able to have on a live stage with an audience, and so. When I got into the booth, he'll be like, "Hey, give me, a, give me." I sang all the background. I'm all the background vocals on the song. I, I actually, I was, I was gonna ask about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm all th- of there's them. There's a lot of layered vocals, and I'm all there. of it. I'm all of it. Come on, Christina. Come love, on now. I, I love it. I love it. I was well. Let me tell you. At first, I'm like, okay, um, 
Jessica's, 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 right? Like I'm trying to sing all the different harmonies. And he's like, all right, do it again. Okay. Think of yourself standing up really tall. I'm like, oh, okay, stand up real tall. Sing it again. Oh, I guess I was flat. Like he just has such a, met, a way about talking to you. And then he's like, I want you to do some some riffing, which we all talked about this already, right? He's like, no, I'm not going to record. I just, I want you to just, let's come up with some stuff. And he recorded everything I did. I'm laughing. I'm joking around. And then he's like, all right, thanks. And I'm like, okay, you ready to record? He's like, no, nah, I recorded all that, girl. I already got what I wanted. <laughs> no, you know, it, it's, it's funny that you bring up, um, I guess funny is not the right word, but I really appreciate that you bring up the imperfections in, in your style and in your insecurities, because I think that especially in today's world, especially with social media, everyone feels like they should be put into some kind of a box. Mm -hmm. You're this type of person. You're that type of person. And if you look at the efficiency of marketing that we're being hit with every single yeah. day, you know, oh, you you uh, enjoy this type of lifestyle, this type of sports, you must wear this type of clothing. Right. And, and these companies are getting really good at sort of pitching yeah. that towards Algorithm. us. Algorithm. Absolutely. Niche AI, market. AI is, is convincing us that we need to be a type. Yeah. And, and it's I easier to market to us. <laughs> indeed. Indeed, it makes it easier to market to. And, and I think that for a lot of people, um, part of coming of age, especially for young people, is finding some sense of I don't have to be a mold. Yes. And in today's world, yes. that's very, very hard. We really are being pushed into molds. Yes. So I love that, that you're willing to talk with us about the experience of writing the song and waiting for years to release it and how, you know, you and your friends came up with what would be the final version. Then you yeah. hit the studio and it's, I, I think people really need to hear that. I think that, you know, because you do, when you're on stage, I've seen you live, you exude extreme confidence and it's gorgeous. You're lovely to watch live. Thank you. You really Thank are. You. I, I, I can't get enough of it. What you were talking about, I call that highlight reel life. Like only showing your highlight reel. Everybody really wants to just show the highlight reel. And I have had some really highs, some great moments in my life that I could be like, and then I did this and then I accomplished that. Like when I graduated my bachelor's degree, I love that photo. I got up on this pillar and I'm standing so tall and I have on my red dress that I made. And if I showed you the five years of getting to that of tears, I had three jobs. I was a single mom at the time. I had my two boys. I was living in another state. Like it was horrible. It was so hard going to school full time with all these young kids who have people to finance their education. And I'm trying to pay for it all myself and put food on the table. I mean, my lights were turned off three times in one year. Like it was so hard. But I love that photo. I love that highlight reel moment. And I've had to remind myself not to get into that highlight reel attitude where you just want to show all the goods because vulnerability is important. Like being having mistakes we're human beings how can anyone hold themselves to a standard that's so unrealistic like I remember seeing someone sing and this was when I was very young and I'm like wow she's just able to be that way and I just am not so therefore I'm not good enough so why do I even want to sing and I'm like no 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 now I'm like no honey this right here this was 30 40 years in the making yeah. <laughs> well and, and I that's where I love this Th this is where I you shine brighter than most because you are the example that you don't give up on it and you still you, you have it in you and you still put it out there mm -hmm. and it's all of us i mean i was talking to one of my coworkers today about 
our kids, you know, 18 years old, you graduate from high school, and what are you going to do with the rest of your life? What's your major? Oh, no what one are you knows. Gonna, no, but no we, ex- we have this bizarre expectation that they should know. And then I did an interview once, and I told people, no one has come to me and been like, yeah, I can't believe it took you 25 years to sing. No one said that, not one person. Everyone's like, yay, kudos, I'm excited for you, right? Go, go, go. Like, all the people in my life, all the people I love, my family, my friends, my followers, no one's like, I thought you said you were going to be a singer when you were 14. What happened? Like, <laughs> and, and we put that on ourselves. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's wonderful to hear you say that because Brian and I, when we first started doing, you know, we have our little podcast. We have Neighbors Don't Knock that we've been putting out there. And mm-hmm. As it's evolved. Which we found our third co-host. No. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. We, 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 we've talked about it we, in, in length. We'd like, if we have to bring someone on, uh, you, you, now we have number one on the list. So no. is it I mean, I'm going to. If she I'm has gonna, time for us. I'm just saying. She, she's going to. I think she'd fit in just <laughs> very well right now. We, we have a lot to talk about with that. Um, <laughs> but, but I will say that that what, what kind of Brian and I have come to um, agree on with our discussions and when he shows up and and we do our podcast the one thing that that we've sort of settled on is that people want to hold each other up if you look at social media if you look at the internet if you look at major news sites you would believe that that's not the case. You right. would believe that our culture says that we suppress each other, we hold each other down, we're vicious. Mm-hmm. And maybe we are when there's no personal interaction to it. No, you know what I'm going to tell you what it is? One time I was working in a hospital, I was on the children's unit, and I turned to one of my colleagues and I'm like, man, all these kids, they get sick all the time. And she goes, of course you see sick kids. You're at the hospital. Right. So of course you see that type of personality on social media because it's not a representation of all of us. It is not a representation of our youngest population, our oldest population. Everyone isn't fully represented on social media. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I, I think that when it comes down to people that are in the public eye, like you are so often, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to kind of peel that back and, and see you and to talk about what it was like to just experience this with your with your sons and write the song and, and going through a, a tough time and the divorce and mm-hmm. all that. I, I think that it's important for people to see that. I'm thankful for you being on here. Thank you. I'm thankful for your song being out there because things like that are the reason that we look and are inspired. I mean, it really is. It's just simple things, in my opinion. It's true. And, and to that point, Christina, tell us, where do we get this song? How do we oh find this? Oh, my goodness. How do you find somebody? Somebody is available, actually, on all streaming apps. There's over 150 streaming apps and sites around the world, even ones that are free. And I decided to release somebody on every single one of them. I was like, no more just, you know, of course, Spotify, of course, Apple Music, it's untitled. You can tell Amazon, hey, you know, Alexa, play Christina Wells, uh, somebody, and she'll play it for you. So it's everywhere. But I I love how she says that she'll play it for you. I'm (laughs) almost, it's it's like, when I say that now, it's like, play somebody. (laughs) And it's going to be Christina. And I'm like, yeah, Christina played it for me personally. (laughs) Like... Alexa, go ahead and play it for the baby. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Alexa. It's not Siri. It's 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 Christina's playing it for. No, no, no. She's playing it for me. 
That's right, uh, and I, I love I'm, it. I'm just grateful that we're in an Apple household because all of a sudden all my devices would have started playing <laughs> the song. Like I ain't even joking because we could make that happen. We really could make oh, that no, happen. She's everywhere. She's everywhere. I got yeah, YouTube. It's everywhere. I have to ask though, if you were going to sing somebody in your cathedral, yes, where would that be? You know, I've I've had lately had my eye on having a tiny desk concert. Yeah, I know it's it's. I've seen a few people do it that had like, like Lizzo did it and Adele has done it, and they're like rocking out and singing. And I love to sing live, and I love to really just share, like you said, the joy. That would be really cool. Which that would just be like a cool experience, but like a place to be like, okay, here we go. Listen to it. I don't even know. Like I, it's rare that people stump me. Oh my goodness! I feel feelings right now. I love it. I hey, love you it. You know what? I will tell you though. What singing at like I've been singing at a few arenas lately. You know, the, the Toyota Center. I did Minute Maid, and a lot of people have commented. They're like the echo, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, honey, I love the echo. <laughs> I love to hear it echo out into the world. I'm like, I'm releasing it into the wild. So I don't know, maybe like a big arena. You know, I've actually heard that about Madison Square Garden, that they that they purposely built in some of the echo of the bigger sports stadiums into MSG mm. for that exact reason, that they wanted it to feel oh, it's that delicious. Like the artist wants to hear that. I do. I know a lot of people are like, why don't you have in-ears or like they like to dampen it or they just want to hear their voice directly. But no, I love, I love hearing it echo. And, and I always tell, like when I work with people, I'm like, don't put a lot of reverb on my voice because my voice has a lot of pieces, moving parts to it. I And I like to hear all that happen. Like, I don't know if that sounds narcissistic, but you know what? I like to hear, I like to hear my voice echo. It's okay. I can say it. Yes. Have you ever seen the videos of the Lincoln Memorial? You know, up in there where they'll, s- they'll sing like Star Swinging Banner and stuff. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. So we went and, I mean, I didn't sing super loud, but I sang a little bit. And that was pretty sweet. Ah, <laughs> see, now that we, I, 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 love I know. Now my brain is like, where, where, where? Hang on, hang on. Is, is that on YouTube or no, what? No, like, no. Oh, you know come why? On, because challenge. I know that's the thing. I have lately been telling myself, okay, you have to record yourself. You have to record yourself when you sing, or you have to record when you're doing things. You have to share because. I have a very bad habit of being like, but my hair's not perfect. My makeup's not perfect. I don't look a certain way. And so, like, the other day, I went live in the car, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to tell people about this song, I'm going to tell them about it how I am. Here's me on a Tuesday going to work. <laughs> Ain't got no makeup on. There's my name tag. Let me tilt it out this camera view. <laughs> I can relate to that because Brian's really good about that, and I'm terrible about it. So, yeah. It's I, I a think thing. A like, you have to have a place inside of you where you're like, am I willing to share this part of myself? Am I willing to share? And I'm like, I am. Like, I would talk about it on stage. I ain't got no problem being like, here's what she doing. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to get it out. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get it out. Yeah. What's up now? That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I just want to let everyone and all of the listeners out there know that you can get the original single of Somebody by Christina Wells on every platform. <laughs> you can find it out there iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. you download this song, go and get it. I, I Philip, I, I can't even say enough about it. It's no, it's wonderful. It and, is wonderful. And just be warned though, if you're gonna say hey, and then whatever it is, Siri, Alexa, Cortana, <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> be prepared for the consequences. <laughs> and you better be saying play somebody by Christina Wells because we're we're enthralled by it. That's right, Christina. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank I, and, you. And thank you for sharing so many deep thoughts. I mean that that was. A difficult thing, and we could not be more blessed. 
No, thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to have a platform to share my story. No. We love seeing you. We love yeah. seeing all of you. That's right. Aww. And we are going to talk about her getting her on this show. As, as, as Don't as tempt me. Don't tempt me with a good time. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to tempt her with a good time. You don't even need a resume. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, we've had a great time here with Christina Wells. Make sure you guys get her single, Somebody, her original single, Somebody. And Philip and I have been so blessed to have you guys join us on our first episode of Next Door with NDK, an in-depth exclusive here with Christina Wells. That's right. And if you like what you hear on this show, please keep in mind you can always find us on our usual uh, program podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. Brian and I have great guests. We drop episodes every Friday. Christina, thank you so much for thank coming on the show. Thank you. This was amazing. Oh, it was fantastic. That was fantastic. Follow us on social media. Leave us a comment. Make sure you follow Christina Wells, and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>